It's the 15th of December, 2015, and this is episode 273. This show is intended for informational and educational purposes only. Cryptocurrency is new, exciting, and empowering, but we're not experts, just obsessed companions walking the road towards a more peer-to-peer future. Hi, and welcome to Let's Talk Bitcoin, a twice-weekly show about the ideas, people, and projects building the new digital economy and the future of money. My name is Adam B. Levine, and today we're talking about how to smooth out some of the rough edges around the empowering cryptocurrency technology we find so fascinating. Last month, I attended the Future of Digital Currency Conference in San Francisco. And without further ado, here's panel moderator Adam B. Levine. Enjoy the show. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the uh, Improving User Experience in Crypto Systems. We've got a distinguished panel up here uh, that's uh, ready to talk about these issues. And the first thing that I want to do is, after you introduce yourselves, um, I'd like you to talk about whether or not you think that these improvements should be made on the protocol layer, on the layers built on top by individual companies, somewhere else, or all of the above. (laughs) Uh, so, hi. Uh, I'm Samo. I'm product designer at Coinbase. Uh, I designed Coinbase Exchange and uh, previously I co-founded Blocker.io, Block, uh, Blocker Exchange. Uh, um, so, yeah, it, it depends. I think some, some kind of definitely Every company should should solve some problems with uh, with the UX uh, in 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 their own products. Um, if we should show if we should uh, solve the problems in 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 the core, I'm not so sure about this one. Yeah. Thank you. Hi, uh, Melanie Shapiro, CEO of Case, and we built a biometrically secure signing device. Um, so I think at the protocol level, uh, I would like to see more changes being made on user experience on the interface level, so how consumers are inter- interacting with products. Um, and then also as startup founders and designers and product managers, I think a lot of attention should be uh, paid to how people are using uh, blockchain applications. And the most important thing for our entire space is to push this technology into a more mainstream market. And the only way that's going to happen is if we pay attention to how consumers want to use them and how consumers should be using them. Um, so I think there's a lot of really great products out there so far. And you know, I, I'm very pleased at the you know, kind of progress that we've been making, especially over the last year. But I do think we have a long way to come. Um, and a lot of that has to do with when you build great products, people feel comfortable using those products. And this is a technology that, let's face it, a lot of people don't feel comfortable using to begin with. So um, that should definitely be the goal that we're striving for. Awesome. Uh, I'm B, the CEO of Clef, which is a safer, easier to use version of two-factor authentication. Uh, Starting this week, you can use it on Bitfinex. Um, In terms of improving the user experience of Bitcoin, I think there's not a single layer, piece, or product in the space that doesn't need improvement in user experience. And that may be true generally of the world, that everything needs better user experience. But I think particularly in cryptocurrency and Bitcoin, 
what we've done is really taken some fundamental technologies that have been built up over centuries and just stripped them to the bone. And then at the bone level, we've made these really radical changes, which are super powerful and important. But now the question is, how are we going to build them back up so that everyone can use them? And I think that's like both a really exciting challenge because we have so many opportunities to do it better than it was done before, but also it's like a lot of work that's still left to do. So. Thanks. Uh, hi, so I'm Nicola Baca, CTO of Ledger. Ledger is designing hardware security solution for Bitcoin slash blockchain application using uh, security systems typically used in the banking and payment industry. Uh, regarding improvement in the UX, uh, I believe the protocol should be kept as simple as possible to stay and to keep its original properties of decentralization and everything that we mentioned before. Uh, innovation should definitely be done uh, in the upper layer, and I would say split between uh, interoperable layers so on which everybody can build and provide a unified um, good experience for users. And then additional improvement, and which could be proprietary on the um, very upper layer, so designed by our different startups. Thank you. B, so you commented, you know, 50 years with the existing, or, you know, 70 years, I guess, really, is what we're talking about, since about the 1950s, with the existing system. And if you think about it, I mean, it is a much, you know, kind of more basic, really, they had to, they had to work to make it work. So, you know, given where we are, in, you know, six years in, how are we doing? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that we're doing really well. Like, people are actually, like, someone is using Bitcoin today. Like, that's amazing. Like, the fact that anyone is able to use a system this new is incredible. And not only one person, but a lot of people are using it. Um, but I, I do think that there's a sort of, like, we're all in a hurry to get to the point where, like, we can tell all of our friends about it, because, like, we're excited, right? But um, that, uh, that requires a bunch, like, uh, I think that it's hard to acknowledge, like, how many layers are in the old system, right? It's not just, like, SWIFT was, like, the one banking technology. You know, there's, like, hundreds of thousands of different innovations that went into, like, our banking system. And in, red, like, now we can see that there are a lot of ways to do them better, but we still have, like, a lot of pieces to fill out. So um, I think we're doing awesome where it's not going to take us as long as it took last time. And, you know, I already think there are a lot of parts of the new system that are way better than the old system, but still a long way to go. I think we should, you know, also to that point, we've been, uh, this industry is at best, you know, six years old, right? So that's a very short period of time. And I remember when I first started um, buying Bitcoin, I was in 2011, and I remember the learning curve there was on how to use these products, and it was incredibly difficult and cumbersome to use. And, and part of the problem with that is when you have a product that's difficult to use, you introduce the ability for there to be human error. And we know that all, there have been people that have lost Bitcoin because of human error. So that's a really big problem as well. So I think um, you know, for everyone, we should just keep striving to make better products, but we should feel very proud of ourselves for where we are in 2015 and, and how people are you know, inter interfacing with, with our products. So Samuel, you said that you built, uh, you designed the Coinbase Exchange. And Coinbase is a company that kind of got its start making the process of purchasing Bitcoin about as simple as anybody has yet made it outside of BitInstant, which is no longer around. Uh, why build an exchange? Isn't that a step backwards in terms of functionality relative to what Coinbase already offered? Why, what are the advantages of doing that? So we can say like this, uh, you always have users and 
not every user is the same, or not every user ex except, uh, wants to have the, the same features or the same product. So in this case, let's say, let's, uh, say that Coinbase is some kind of brokerage, and it's easy to use for one segment of users. And then, let's say, we have Exchange, uh, which is much more advanced, and on the other, in this case, basically, we cover the other group of users who want to So you're reaching out more. to a different market. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, is, is that just in general? Like, Coinbase wants to reach every, every market that it possibly can, I have to imagine. I'm curious for everybody else, uh, you know, who are you trying to reach with the decisions that you're making from a design perspective with all of your products? Um, so I actually, just to give kudos to Coinbase. I actually love that it's a one-stop shop because I think for the early, you know, the earlier user in Bitcoin, it's like, wait, I have to go somewhere else to buy my Bitcoin and then I have to store it somewhere else and then there's a vault involved. So I like that there's a one-stop shop. I think you guys have done a beautiful job with that. Um, initially when uh, I was, you know, just starting our company and, and designing out what I thought the product should look like, I paid a lot of attention of how, um, you know, consumers would use it. And we were trying to solve security and ease of use. And one of the big problems in this space is that as soon as you start making something more secure, ease of use just drops off. So we were trying to find a really happy medium between those two and without users having to compromise. Um, and so initially that was the average consumer. That's who we were targeting. And um, you know, I had just come off of a PhD in consumer psychology, so I did try to dig into how people use product. Um, but over the last, the course of the last year, um, not only have we had to focus on how the cons general consumer uses our product, but then also now with partnerships that we have uh, built in the banking industry, this is a whole different um, group of people. And anybody in banking knows if you've used a terminal, Bloomberg terminal, I mean, this is not a beautiful, easy to use product, and yet all the bankers use the you know, use terminal every day. Uh, so it certainly is a different, we're trying to target two different markets and hoping that the, you know, a very seamless, easy to use experience will satisfy both of those. So you're going for the wonks and for the general user. <laughs> yes, well, and they're, you know, it's funny, is they're all consumers, they all have iPhones, right? So they all are attractive to the same thing. Yeah, so uh, at Clef, we sort of started with the assumption that over the next five years, we're going to have to move away from passwords. That um, not only is the security not good enough, but the problem of like users coming online is really severe. So uh, what used to be the 10 passwords you needed to remember that could all be six characters that were all letters, now needs to be 150 passwords conservatively, uh, where they all have different password requirements and should all be different. You know, the 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 burden on the user is increasing really quickly, and also the failure rate is increasing really quickly. So the whole world needs to change. But the question is, how do we make that accessible to everyone? If we know, you know, as people in this room do, that cryptography is a better way to authenticate. And we know that the existing password system has less than five years. And the question is, how do we make something that's accessible to everyone? Um, and so Clef has taken the approach that uh, our phones are going to do a lot of that work for us and um, has tried to build a system that can do that. And the, the uh, proof in, for us has been that if you go to any uh, like a lot of blogs that are from people who are not very technical. So um, my favorite group of users for us that we like sort of study is a group of mommy bloggers who write about motherhood. Um, and they like very explicitly like talk about their desire not to be technical. But they all use Clef to log in to their blogs and publish. 
um, because they really hate their passwords. And so we've worked very hard to go for, like to build a tool that took the cryptography we knew was strong and then made it like simple enough that everyone could use it. Um, and that's not like everyone, because everyone is dumb, but everyone because it's not their job to learn this stuff. It's our job to make it easy enough. Learning for them. is hard. So right. I have a quick follow up for you before we go to Nicholas. Yeah. Um, I'm probably the only person in California that doesn't use a cell phone, in large part because I don't get service. Would I be able to use your service? Because one of the things that I'm really excited about is this idea of Bitcoin authentication. So you can't use Clef without a cell phone, so you couldn't. Um, and one of the, you know, so when I go to like investor meetings to pitch Clef, one of the things that I argue is that if we look at the future, the trend is towards more people having mobile devices that are personal and that those devices being better able to identify us. Um, and the alternative path is that uh, we get better databases out in the world of our faces and that everywhere we go there are cameras that recognize us and like someone else is doing the authentication uh, outside of us. So it's either like we get better at controlling our own information or else the information gets given to someone else. Uh, and I want to fight for the <laughs> us having control future as opposed to the alternative. But that does like it's not it, it couldn't happen today. Like it requires the world to change them. And that's a it's nerve wracking and also very exciting. And yeah, so I like the idea that better uh, crypto system can also bring a better user experience. And typically today there are interesting solutions that are getting built both in the mobile and the desktop world with um, integrated, I would say, uh, trusted execution environment and other similar technologies that allow users uh, to have a secure uh, virtual computer inside their own computer. So I think that this brings a very ideal user experience for people because they have a single device and they can verify that basically they can execute their transactions in a very secure way. And it's a great way to both uh, to design something that will please both the user and the core uh, designers, so the original cryptographers that wants to that want to verify that the application is actually doing what it should do. So um, yeah, I think regarding user experience, we have definitely a lot of uh, a lot of things to improve. So to make sure that we reach mainstream, because uh, well, that's something that that's something that's definitely desirable. Uh, I believe that we have done very well so far compared to other crypto systems. Uh, for example, if we compare to PGP, well, uh, today it's extremely easy to use Bitcoin, and we have better crypto systems that have been left in the dark, uh, even if they are completely uh, capable of solving uh, every day's problem. So we are, so yeah, so I would say we are definitely well, and uh, we are on the good way to, to improve uh, our solutions. Thank you. I answered the question for you. Did you want to get a shot at it? Uh, Shall we move on? Yeah, sure. Okay, great. Um, so actually I have a question. Let's start with you again, Nicholas. Um, so Ledger Wallet, Case Wallet, both hardware wallet attempts, I can think off the top of my head of two others that have showed up in the last year or so, whether they have products out or not. Um, talk to me about the, you know, talk to me about the uh, challenges of creating a hardware wallet. What are the things that actually matter to your users, and what are the things, you know, that that just don't and it doesn't matter. Yeah, so the, the biggest challenge for me coming from the smart card industry, which is an extremely closed world, uh, was to build something that was actually open so that the community could accept it and could be satisfied with it. Mm. 
We have also a lot of efforts to make on the UX part because typical smart card is used in a closed system. And here we are uh, dealing with systems that are directly connected to, to non-trusted computers. Uh, so we have a lot of uh, UX questions to make sure that uh, the experience is good and is not uh, made insecure by being good. So finding the right balance between an easy-to-use UX and a secure solution and an auditable solution is uh, quite of complex triangles that we all have to solve in that uh, ecosystem, I think. Thank you. Ellie? Um, yeah, so we also built a hardware device, and our reason for doing so is very, very simple. Um, at the time, and still to this day, I think the safest place to be holding private keys is in dedicated hardware, not on cell phones or um, on web applications. So that, that was definitely the, the impetus for that decision. Um, and we're currently um, finishing up new form factors for our current uh, hardware device. But one of the reasons that we're working with banks and other financial institutions right now is because if there's anyone that understands dedicated hardware, it's institutions. Um, and there's a lot higher risk in those organizations. Um, and how you're protecting those private keys is very important. You're not just protecting one Bitcoin. Um, I think that a lot of uh, attention is given to key management. So. Uh, for us, we really do believe in dedicated hardware. Uh, we do think the consumer market really, um, you know, wants things to be on a cell phone, um, but not everything can be on a cell phone. And when you're holding your own private keys and essentially you, you're, you are your own bank, um, that certainly puts uh, a lot of risk into this thing that you also take pictures of your kids with on a Saturday. Um, so that was uh, that's kind of been our thought process and and certainly it's it's been an interesting interesting journey so on that note cryptocurrency does allow users to be their own bank and there are good parts to this and there are bad parts to this mm -hmm. um, the question is to anyone uh, or everyone if you'd like uh, what things are we doing well with this you know with the the be your own bank what are we enabling and what things really do we need to pick up the slack on I'll, I just jump first. Uh, so I think that in theory it's it's excellent, right? Um, we have there are issues in the financial <laughs> industry right now, um, but this requires a huge psych psychological behavioral shift um, that is going to be very very difficult for um, you know a, a mom and you know who has very little technical abilities or um, you know an older person someone that doesn't barely even know how to use a computer um, or anyone and to his point this doesn't mean that they're stupid it just means that this is an incredible responsibility um, and to, to, to get you know, to shift behavior like that is going to take a lot of work. Uh, so I think it's great in theory, again, but I, I don't think we're quite there yet. And while this is appropriate for certain people, I don't see it becoming um, mainstream anytime soon. I was helping my uh, father with uh, paper wallets about three days ago, and it was terrifying. Oh, yeah. It was horribly, <laughs> horribly terrifying. And that's been my experience is when you have to kind of get into this stuff, it's yeah. like, I'm not sure I want to be my own bank. This yeah. is real. Because we don't even, I mean, it's, you have to trust yourself. So I, I, to be honest with you, I don't really even trust myself to, to, to do this. But that's what banks sell. Banks basically just sell trust. Yeah, I think it definitely comes back to the point I was making about how we've dug down to the bone and made innovation. And now we are still like one layer above that in terms of technology. And I think there are folks like Coinbase who have done a good job of building trust institutions on top of the bones that don't let users hang themselves with as much rope. 
Um, but I also think that, and this is something I've, I've said a couple of times lately, that uh, the Bitcoin ecosystem has been uh, like pushed a lot by one political ideology that ha is pretty dominant among the people in the ecosystem. And that political ideology like, is super well suited to people who want to have control of their own banking thing. And I think it's really important that the technology continue to serve that and that people be able to use the technology to, um, uh, like, in whichever way they feel fit. But I also think that if we want the technology to go mainstream or to, you know, be able to reach a lot more users, there are two paths forward. There's one that either the rest of the world will come around to that same political ideology, which I know some people believe, and that's one possibility. And the alternative is that the technology is built to accept many different politics. And I think that a lot of that involves like letting users have solutions that don't give them as much control. And I think that right now we have a lot of systems in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency which give people total control. And some people want that and should have access to it when they do. But I think we also need more systems that don't give users as much control and responsibility so that when there are people who don't want to learn to be a banker and don't want to learn how to be a cryptographer and don't want to do this all the time, uh, that they can also have access to the like awesome parts of this tool. Uh, yeah, so I think that Bitcoin space already has a lot of great uh, products that are simple, but still, when we come to the talking about addresses and private keys and uh, you know public keys, someone is get really confused uh, what basically it is. So we still need to do some improvements on this one or simplify the, the steps. So basically it's the same as you know IPs and domain names in some cases. Uh, so yeah, this could be. This will be a long journey. So more people will use the www than the IP address. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I would say that we we would have achieved uh, a full and perfect experience in uh, in user experience. Uh, basically, when we will be able to interoperate uh, between closed system and open system, so that people will be able to jump in and out of that of that system, considering of what they want to do. For example, uh, you might want with the same wallet to be your own bank uh, for a small amount and to give other uh, your bigger savings um, to an institution which would offer some additional guarantees. Um, but you will want still to use the same, either the same object or the same wallet to do both. So that's a very big challenge because I don't think any other system has managed to do that before. Uh, but that's what we should aim for, in my opinion. Today's episode of Let's Talk Bitcoin is brought to you by the Counterparty Foundation. In expectation of the second anniversary of the Counterparty Project, which is just a month away, the Counterparty Foundation is happy to announce the first development contest, DevParty, and is inviting developers from all over the world to build new Counterparty integrations, with up to 9,500 XCP and prizes available. The DevParty contest is running till February 9th, 2016. To enter the contest, you can register your project via the Google form at counterparty.io slash devparty. And if you'd like to learn more about the Counterparty Project, visit counterparty.io. The magic word for today's episode is user. That's U-S-E-R. User. You've got until the 22nd of December to visit letstalkbitcoin.com or the Let's Talk Bitcoin iOS app to enter it for your share of the listener rewards. 
So this panel is about user experience, and uh, to this point, in my opinion, the hardest problem and the most difficulty people have is actually getting Bitcoin. And so that makes it so that, in my opinion, the hardest problem is actually getting Bitcoin in order to, you know, then go from there and do whatever you need to with your customers. So, you know, is that the biggest problem in your eyes? And if not, what is it? And uh, besides that, you know, is this going to be a problem for the foreseeable future or, you know, is it going to solve itself? I can start. Uh, I think that the difficulty in getting Bitcoin is a symptom of the biggest problem in Bitcoin, which is that we are starting from a place of zero trust. Uh, and that's really exciting and awesome and wonderful. Like the trustless nature of Bitcoin is, you know, uh, by some accounts, it's fundamental power, right? Like that is what makes this thing so exciting. But when we start not trusting anyone and we want to bring someone new into the network in a way where they will be holding value in the network, there's a really big barrier to overcome. And what that is right now is I have to like spend some days and give you a lot of credentials and like really, you know, figure out how to earn a piece of the network. And um, I think that any way that we can like ease that ramp, you know, where you come into the network with a little bit of trust, and then as you are able to be more established in the network, get more of a stake, that's uh, like a big win because right now it's sort of like from zero to owning Bitcoin is like is a big jump in that uh, that process. And part of that is that Bitcoin, the trustless currency, exists in a world where uh, trust is regulated. You know, we have a lot of like KYC, AML regulations which require before we give you this piece of value, you must earn this much trust. Um, but I would say that it's definitely something that will get easier. It's something that is getting easier. Um, and uh, I'm really optimistic that that will not be a barrier in the near future. I also think that one of the things that you're seeing a lot more lately is instant buy. So when you sign up for a wallet, um, you know some of the exchanges will enable you to have you know X amount of you can spend X amount of dollars to buy Bitcoin. Um, still, I think there are still some services where you have to wait the seven days or or whatever for your account to verify. But it's really just uh, I think a question of what's your your risk tolerance. Um, but yeah, there has to be a certain level of, of trust that that exists first. So uh, we're almost out of time here, but I want to get one more question and then we'll see if there's anybody in the audience that wants to ask something. Confirmations, do they matter? Should they matter? Should users care about them? Are we doing a good job of communicating that to them? And is, I mean, confirmations, do they matter? So this brings up, I think, a really good point and it's uh, the language and conversation around Bitcoin. The average person doesn't care. I mean, they just want it to be easy to use. I mean, ask a random person on the street to explain HTTPS to you. Like, they have no idea. Um, but it's underneath everything that they use on a daily basis. So the point is, is that um, the average user doesn't need to understand that that's even a question. Um, and I think that the language that we're using to describe some of these issues are just it's incredibly irrelevant to them and not, it's basically a non-issue. We, we as, a, as entrepreneurs and in the space, we have to worry about it, but they shouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah, I think that we should uh, solve this problem in the background, so basically users just yeah. skip it. Okay, are there any questions from the audience? Totally. Uh, so I, I would also say, and I've now said this one too many times probably, but that the strip to the bones nature is also a big part of that problem. Like when we put the first like Bitcoin checkout things at a coffee shop, it's like we've really taken this like 
bony system and put it in front of like the most new users. And we're like, go try to use this yeah. thing that we have like very little infrastructure around. And then like it matters. Like they they have to interact with the like details of the system. But the more we build, the less that. Matters. Well, and to your point, interestingly, if you were to think about it, you know, there are confirmations in the traditional financial system. We just don't think about them because right. no, uh, yeah, right, exactly, exactly because they're yeah, exactly. Days. I think yeah, that's also something probably that all the industry has to work on because Bitcoin might have been a bit oversold on some of the aspects like, for example, instant confirmations, well, which are not really that instant, and, but that, that's of course complicated to, complicated to explain. And well, as everybody said, users should not even care about that and that should be solved by the, by the lower layers. It seems like the platform neutrality really is kind of the defining factor. There was a panel earlier that put up a slide that showed five-minute confirmation times for PayPal, five-minute confirmation times, and, you know, yeah. So, uh, I'm sorry, were there any questions? Anything else anybody wants to talk about? Yeah, maybe ju just one point on the onboarding. I think that it's the future. Uh, with initiative like 21 and probably other people, uh, we will be able to, to onboard automatically, so basically we'll be able to have a small amount of Bitcoin uh, that are enough to establish contracts. And then from those contracts, we would be able to sell things with Bitcoins and make it easier to just enter the system without going through uh, the, burden of, uh, the burden of exchanging uh, money for Bitcoin. So that might be another way of uh, going into the system that is not very popular today, but I think uh, that different people in the industry are working uh, hard to make it better uh, in the near future. So just as kind of a question in closing, um, you know, everybody here has fought against these issues. What kind of are you most proud of? What innovation or even feature you stole from somebody else but that solved a problem for your users? You know, what, what's like the critical thing? Uh, I would say uh, HD, so hierarchical deterministic wallets, um, because they solve a very difficult problem of properly backupping keys and making sure that you can store uh, in a very small way, so on a piece of paper, your entire wallet, so which is something that I haven't seen in any other crypto system today. Uh, the thing I'm most proud of is we recently released something called distributed authentication, which lets every any customer of Clef hold the user's public key and redo verification with the user after we do it, which uh, previously we had centralized a bunch of authentication stuff as a way to like ease the user experience, and we've now been able to decentralize that back out as our network has been built, and uh, that's been really exciting because you know, it's how we want it to exist, and it's just taken some work to get that user experience to be fluid. Um, I think one of the things internally that we're the most proud of is a um, platform that we built that when, and recently we just um, integrated with a financial institution on something very similar, but distributing the keys and the organization that we partner with gets to decide who, who should be trusted, who should be holding private keys. Um, and, you know, obviously with multi-sig, that's, you're, you're, you basically have a modular system that you could decide um, the user holds a key, our servers hold a key, another bank holds a key. Um, so I think that that's something that we're definitely the most proud of and be able to distribute the trust evenly amongst organizations that are involved in a transaction. Um, yeah, so this is not just for me, but in the whole team, design team on Coinbase. And Basically, we're proud of this one, how fast can user create an account and basically hold Bitcoin, and how smoothly it is, and how basically we com communicate uh, all these issues with the, with the 
users. Thank you very much. I look forward to seeing where we are on these problems next year. <laughs>